0: today on Commitment to Truth.
1: If you don't have the peace of God to rule your heart and your mind in all things, man, you'll never even believe many times he's there. Some of the most darkest times. Isaiah 26 verse 3 reminds us as we trust the shepherd, he gives us perfect peace because he trusts in you. Not in a man, not in a program, no created thing not in a husband or wife or a father or mother our bank account or anything our trust must be in him and him alone and he will give us perfect peace
0: welcome to commitment to truth the teaching ministry of commitment church a place for all nations thank you so much for spending time with us today each week pastor cedric brown and the pastoral team at commitment church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our lord and savior Jesus Christ. This week we continue the sermon series titled, Restored, A Journey Through Psalm 23. In this sermon series, our pastoral team will take us through a journey of Psalm 23 to help restore the souls of God's people through a strategic time of worship, reflection on the Word of God, and prayers of faith. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church with today's message.
1: So if you can open your Bibles to Psalm 23, As we continue being restored and repaired, let's begin holding on to the shepherd's promises. Verse 1, it says, The Lord again is my shepherd. I will not be in need or I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. So when we hold on to the shepherd's promises, we are promised to always, number one, have his presence. His presence will always exist in our lives. He says he is our shepherd. Now, please don't compare under shepherds like me, okay, and the under shepherds we have in this church to God, (laughs) all right? So so as you read John chapter 10, verses 11 through 12, it affirms the good shepherd that he will never flee, especially when life gets complicated. You see, here's, here's the truth and the reality in it is as a under shepherd of this flock, there will be strategic times. God would just perfectly not allow me to call you back when you need to be called. You know why? Because he wants you to be shepherded by him. He will strategically allow you to be frustrated with me (laughs) and other under shepherds in his church. You know why? It's because it's not about us. It's about the good shepherd. And that's, I've just seen over the years, over and over again, he begins to delineate between a hired hand and the one who really, really lays down his life. For the sheep. And that's why, if you look again, John chapter 10, verses 11 through 12, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I've never died for any one of you. He has. Verse 12 He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, I don't own you. You are not my church. You are not my people. You follow me? It's not not my church. It's his church. My responsibility is to play my shepherding role within this church. This is, we are the sheep of his pasture. We means me too. It says, it's not the owner sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters the flock. How many times have you seen that? God disrupts the under-shepherd, and then what happens? Flock scatters. It's because the attention should never be on the under-shepherd. It should always be on the good-shepherd. Makes sense because we all belong to them. But then listen to what Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says. And remember, this is when Joshua needed to be reminded and he's coming after the, on the hills of Moses of all people. Can you imagine walking across on dry land on the Red Sea and say, hey, by the way, Joshua, you got to follow this great man of God. So God reminds Joshua, which I believe is a great prompting for us. Listen to what it says. The Lord is the one who is going ahead of you. Remember cloud by day, fire by night. He says he is going ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not desert you or abandon you. So do not fear or don't ever be dismayed. It's him who is going before you. It is him who's going before us. Every single day of our lives as we try to navigate life together as sheep in his pasture. So then here's the other promise. If you've put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and you acknowledge that you're a sinner and that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you ask him to come in your heart to be your Lord and Savior, you're now part of the flock. You're part of the kingdom of God. You're part of the family of God. You are a child of the living God and he's your daddy. This is what he promises, he says. And uh, this is what Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 7. It says, the helper, the paraclete, the one who is called beside you. That's what this means. Parallel. Parallel means alongside, right? Paraclete, he's your advocate. He's your attorney. He's the one who's going to speak up for you when no one else does. Is the spirit of truth. Remember, Jesus says, I have to go and leave you what? The comforter whom the world cannot receive. Because it does not see him or know him. But you and I do. But you know him because he remains with you and he will be in you. If he's in you, wherever you go, that's where he is. He will never leave you, never forsake you. He is ever present. Amen? Ever present. He's an ever present shepherd, ever-present God. So secondly, when we see this relentingness of God, or in other words, he is relentlessly, relentlessly pursuing us every single day of our lives, it then leads to this. It leads to having this wonderful promise of his provisions. Remember, cloud by day, fire by night. When it was dark and scary out in the desert, here's his light to guide them. He was present. Remember, when it was hot and the heat was scorching, here's the cloud by day to cover them from the heat. God is still doing that today. He's still leading us. He's still covering us by the power of his Holy Spirit. That being said, his, un- his unrelenting presence leads to having this wonderful provisional promise and listen to what this word in in verse numbers one and two it says i shall not want he says he because he's my shepherd he leads us in green pastures leads you beside quiet waters the word want here means this to lack be without decrease have a need so his promise to us is as the good shepherd you'll never lack you'll never be without you never decrease. You never have a need. Now, I always like to to point out when you hear those like big promises of God, and you say, "Wait a minute. Well, I have needs. I'm lacking. I'm decreasing. What's the problem?" Always land on this when you exegete the scriptures. When you when you researching and reading the scriptures and trying to define and apply to your life. Always understand when God speaks truth that seems far-fetched to you and it's never manifested in your life, it's not God. It's you. So again, think about this. If you're lacking in his provisions or if you're without his provisions or if your provisions continuously decrease, you continuously have provisional needs, is it because God can't Is it because God doesn't want to, or is it because it's me? Most of the time, if we're honest with ourselves, this is one of the biggest problems I see in the body of Christ. God provides the needs, but we overspend, live above our means. Then we're living from day to day, it's running out, not because God hasn't provided, it's because we've taken advantage of the provisions. We haven't asked our accountant, God, Spirit of God, how then do I apply what you've given me? How do I be a steward in the small? How do I become a person that doesn't owe no one anything? And that's that's the truth pill that is so hard to grab a hold to as a follower of Jesus Christ. He said, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're supposed to be my dad. You're supposed to be my provider. Well, why isn't it there? Well, because you keep spending it. And you spend it on things you shouldn't spend it on. You know you can't go out to lunch every single day because you keep going out to lunch every single day. You're going to find yourself in a hole at the end of the month. Many times there are behavioral changes that need to take place, which says you change your behavior, you're really changing your heart. And at the end of the day, that's all God is concerned about is your heart. And part of the heart is giving because it says where your treasures are, that's where your heart will be. And what God will not do is he will not provide in a a way that is contrasting kingdom principles. Think about this. He is the king of the kingdom that we're a part of. What says everything that's in our account, everything that is in our company's account, everything that we own, everything that we wear today belongs to the king. Everything belongs to the king. And that's the first kingdom principle is that, no, nothing really belongs to me. Anyway, the second principle is there is always this generosity that is necessary because that is symbolic of Jesus. He gave it all. So what God knows is where your treasures are, that's where your heart. You, you, you pull back treasure, you pull back your heart. That's why Lisa and I, when we counsel couples, we always tell them this, married couples, married couples, not just couples, married couples, husband and wife, one man, one woman, one lifetime, is this. You never have separate bank accounts because you know why? It divides you immediately. Where your treasures are, that's where your heart would be. Your heart will be on your account and your heart will be on your account. just as simple as that. So our challenge is to be men and women who understand, okay, he's a God of promises. He's a God of his word and he's not going to lie. So if I'm not seen in living a life that is not lacking, is without, it's decreasing all the time. Go back and read Haggai chapter one. It says something like this. You know, uh, Israel your problem is this. Number one, you pay too much attention to your panel houses while the house of God goes desolate. He says you work to get income. And, you, and he says you put them in purses with holes in them. Sound like life. Soul focus about life. It's not about working hard to, to fill your 401k which is still wise. It's not about you know, your kid's education, which is still wise. But if it's not kingdom-driven, you will always fall short with your kid's education and your 401K. And that's why if you read it with this context, Psalm 37 verses 25 to 26 promises the good shepherd would not forsake us provisionally. It says, I have been young and I am Old, retired. (laughs) Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. All day long he is gracious and lends, and and his descendants are a blessing. There's this principle when a believer understands, with nothing belongs to me, it all belongs to the Lord. If God says, give it away, I give it away, no strings attached. In other words, if someone comes to you and says, Hey, can you lend me? God prompts you to lend, you should always lend, saying, In your own heart, I'm giving this, not expecting it back. Nine times out of ten, when you don't use that biblical principle, you get your heart broken. Because they don't give it back. Anybody been there? Just don't give it back. Have you been on the other side (laughs) that you don't give it back? I've been there too. So the principle is God tells me to give, I give. I give with no strings attached because it all belongs to who? Which communicates a heart condition because that's all he's concerned about. And that's why if you look at Matthew 6, 31 through 33, again, God provides for us, but there's a kingdom guideline. Verse 31, it starts off by saying, "Don't, don't worry then. And please read the entire, entire chapter six for proper context. It says, What are we to eat? What are we to drink? What am I to wear when my kids start growing too fast and they're starting to outpace my income? You ever been there? I've been there. I have three kids, and it's like, Dang, can you stop growing? <laughs> Can you you slow, you know, your digestive system down because you start eating too much? And you start panicking. You ever been there? It's like, oh, dang, how are we going to provide for these growing boys? Human tendency is, well, let me go get another job. But then the kingdom principle says you can gain the whole world. Lose your soul. So that's why you have to land on this. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly father knows what you need. You need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided to you. He knows you have to retire one day. He knows kids grow up. He knows you're going to have another baby on the way. He knows you're going to have medical bills. He knows it all. Why would he not give wisdom on how to navigate it? Why wouldn't he? We don't serve a God that plays tricks on us like that. So it's something we're missing, church. It's something that we are missing, and the quicker we can get to that posture before God, and say, oh, God, God, I must not be following you properly in some area. Show me. You know one of the areas when we, Lisa and I hit a speed bump, you know what we found out? We were giving to others too fast. You say, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. So we're in our hearts. We're very, very generous. And it's like, well, so let's take food off our table to help somebody else. We're just quick in doing that. But we hit a speed bump and it's like, dang, where'd all the money go? And as we were praying and asking God for help, you know what he says? Um, You know, when you gave over there to that person, you probably shouldn't have. Because you took the place of me. If he doesn't have control of our hearts, we won't hear that. We'll be controlled by our hearts and our emotions. Like, no, no, I got to help that person. I got to help them. I I got to help them because they're my friend. I got to help them. God says, no, you don't get it, Cedric and Lisa. I'm their friend that sticks closer to them than any brother. And when you, you jump in too fast, you usurp my friendship in their lives. Then they grow to trust man, not me. Kingdom guidelines. In everything you do, be led by the Spirit of God. 10% church is only a guideline. It's only a gauge. It's only simply say, Cedric, aim for that. And as you aim for that, always know everything belongs to me. Because I will tell you to aim for that, but then one day I'll tell you, "Uh, now it's time to do more. Well, that's principle. Faithful in the small. He rewards for greater. Let me extrapolate it this way. If you can't give 10% when you only have one zero attached to the 10%, you understand what I'm saying? 10% of $100, $10. If you can't give 10% on $100, you're not going to be able to have the faith and the obedience to give 10% when he starts adding zeros. It just doesn't happen that way. The discipline starts where you are. And then let God do the rest. Amen? He will always be present. And in his presence, he will always provide. And in his great provisions of all things, you know what it includes? Peace. Because as you're waiting for bills to be paid, as you're waiting for provisions to happen, as you're waiting for God to move, if you don't have his peace, you're done. If you don't have the peace of God to rule your heart and your mind in all things. Man, you'll never even believe many times he's there on some, in some, some of the most darkest times. And that's why you look at the word restores here again in verse 3 in, in Psalm 23. He restores my soul. You know what it also means? He refreshes my soul. He restores you. He repairs you. He refreshes Your soul. Isaiah 26, verse 3 reminds us as we trust the shepherd, he gives us not just peace, but he gives us perfect peace. It says, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace. In other words, my mind is steadfast on him. He will keep me what? In perfect peace. Because he trusts in you. Not in a man not in a program, no creative thing, not in a husband or wife or a father or mother or a bank account or anything. At the end of the day, our trust must be in him and him alone, and he will give us perfect peace. Remember what Philippians 4 talks about. Paul said this, right? He says, be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication make your, with thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. And he says, then he will what? He says, and the peace of God will always be with you. But here's the wonderful thing that Paul goes on to elaborate about. He says, but then also, he said, these things that you've seen, you've heard, were taught, practice these things. Then he says, then a God of peace will be with you. Think about those promises. It says that, okay, you're going through life, seek him. Thank him. Seek him. Thank him. Peace comes. Do what you know you should do. Everything that you will learn, that you've learned and you saw, practice these things. And that word practice and agree talks about a perfect practice. It's, it's similar to when a coach tells you to run a play and then he blows a whistle when you, don't, when you don't practice it perfectly come back, line up again, line up again until you run the play perfectly. And that's what he says to you and I. You're going to fall and stumble and bumble and make mistakes and not practice it perfectly, but you must get into a routine that you keep at it and at it and at it and at it until you get it right. Then he says, then a God of peace shows up. In the meantime, you have the peace of God. But then he shows up in ways that you can never think or imagine to say, peace is with you. Amen? So our challenge is to understand that, listen, God, you are faithful. You're omnipresent. That's a big theological word that he's in all places at all time. And if you have a personal relationship with him, his spirit lives within you. And the scripture says he cries out, Abba. Father, the word Abba in the Greek means daddy. He cries out daddy, 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 daddy. And we have to listen to the daddy's voice. Because there's certain daddies, biological daddies who weren't there. Probably still aren't there. But here's a daddy that you could trust his voice. And he would shepherd you in ways in which you should go. And as you rely on him, as the children of Israel did, cloud by day, fire by night, he'll lead you beside that quiet waters, the green pasture. Right? He'll give you every provisions that you need. You know why? It's because where he is, is where provisions are. It's not where you go and try to build your own business because that business can fail just as fast as you, you know, you try to start it. You can, you, it could be a money pit. You, you know, you just, you make these decisions without them, make thee go buy that house. And you're like, why did, you know, why did I leave this house? And I'm, you're just dumping money, dumping money, dumping money. And it's like, oh, you potentially, potentially you got ahead of God. And that's why he says in Malachi, don't rob me. <laughs> God's word is so awesome. He says, Don't he says specifically when it comes to giving, don't rob me. And he says, Well then how does a man rob you? In tithes and offerings. But that's what happens when we don't follow the Good Shepherd. We start robbing him. Because chances are he's not going to call you up and you're not going to see his number on or caller or ID. You know, and be like, oh, God's calling me, you know what I mean? But when that creditor calls, we pick it up, we deal with the creditor, but we don't have conversations with God. And all this culminates in living a life of peace. All of it does. Peace that he gives, peace that the world can't take away. John fourteen twenty seven ends with this. Peace I live you, by peace I give you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor fear. That's what he promises us, amen? Can you pray that the Lord will make his presence known in your everyday life. Just You could just say something like, Lord, would you please make your presence known in every area of my life. And as you're bowing your head, your eyes closed, he may reveal to you some areas that you probably have not wanted his presence known. Maybe there's a space for repentance and asking him to forgive you of not permitting Him, not even desiring His presence to be involved in areas in your life. Father, forgive us individually and even as a church if we have not desired Your presence in areas of our lives, in areas of this church. But Lord, we give You free invitation every area, every space, every crevice of our hearts and our emotions, our soul. We want to experience your presence. Next, can you pray something like, Lord, would you please give me a noticeable portion of your provisions in my life? For some of you today, it's greater than others, but at the end of the day, a noticeable provision. There's a a proverb in, in the scriptures that says something like this. Lord, do not give me too much that I would abandon you and forsake you. But Lord, do not give me too little that I may rob and steal and defame your name. But give me my portion. Today, do you know your portion? Do you know that you really have your portion? Listen, you may think right now that God is giving you so much, but maybe he wants to even give you more. Do you even know that? Have you wrestled in your soul they say, God, do I have enough? Have you given me enough? Whatever, whatever conversations you need to have with Him. But there's this noticeable portion that almost like when you know that you know that you know that's that portion, there's a level of peace. Number three, can you pray, Lord, um, may I please experience your peace? in all things at all times in my life. Again, maybe there's certain things that are keeping you up at night. Could be relational, could be personal struggles. Just ask him to just give you his peace in all things, in all times in your life. And can we just pray out two more prayers. The first is this. Can you pray for specific family members and friends that maybe they do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And they could be struggling with some of these things we've learned today. Can you pray that they will be saved, that they will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ?
0: Thank you for listening to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. We hope this message encouraged you and helped restore your soul as a child of God. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.